0: Sometimes I feel like maybe I need to be careful. I don't want to ramble on in my prayers. And other times I'm like, I'm not even worthy to pray. And, and I, I've never thought of myself as a person that prays a good prayer. I've, I've heard pastors pray a good prayer. <laughs> so just let God take our thoughts and our prayers and our desires to be closer to him and do with him what he calls. Today is actually our second to the last message from our series, We the Church, because next week is kind of a culmination of We the Church, and that's why I want you to think about next week as being a celebration. What a great time for us to celebrate all of us coming together in a celebration of We the Church and gathering in the name of Jesus which makes me think of our anchor verse in Matthew 18:20 where two or three are gathered in my name Jesus said there am I with them so we can say we're going to have a celebration Jesus will be here Jesus is here today cuz we gather in his name and we the church we've talked about we've talked about the structure we've talked about a lot of things that God has led us toward to be at this point where we are on The verge of doing some great things, not from work ourselves, but counting on God to do great things through this church. And we are just making ourselves instruments so that we can sit back and see with great awe what God is doing here. Not only here, but throughout the community and throughout the country and throughout the world. And that's why I think it's so cool that we're going to wrap these up as talking about missionaries or missions. So in your handout, um, there's a little summary about how we have maintained the, the name or the word missionary in our name. And, and there's a good reason for that. And I just want to give you an overview of the outline that I want to make sure we think about today. And the first one is God's goal is a missionary goal. We're going to talk about that. Why? What are you saying? God's goal is a missionary goal. Well, we say this because our God is a missionary God. And God's missionary goal is that His name be made known and praised. Missionary goals include domestic, local, and frontier, foreign around the world. So we're going to look at this by looking at a Timothy-type missionary and a Paul-type missionary from the New Testament. And then Living Hope Missionary Church of Dunfee has the awesome privilege to send out missionaries in a manner worthy of God. And then the last thing I want to do is give Max Felger some time because he is our director of missions here at the church. And he's going to share with you some history of the church and and how connected we've been with missionaries and what we are um, looking to do to make sure we continue to be a missionary type church. All right. Does that sound about right? (laughs) Okay. Um, And one of the things that I've learned just from being here a little over a year now is that this church really does take it seriously. This church really is good at being mission-minded, and I just want to encourage you to keep that up. It's really an awesome thing to see when you come from churches that don't do that very well. So um, we really shouldn't spend a lot of time patting ourselves on the back, but we should look at what God is doing through the work here, even all around the world. It's really a cool thing. So the scripture reading that I really want to use as our base um, verses is from 3 John. 3 John. So it's not chapter 5 through chapter 8. You could look at it that way if you want, because it's really just one chapter. It's 3 John. So 3 John, where do you find 3 John? Do you remember the books of the Bible? And I know in Sunday school class, I learned a song. And I always remember the last part. Three Johns, Jude, and Revelation. So it's toward the end of the New Testament. (laughs) And um, if you're going to use the Pew Bible today, it's on page 1,907. 1,907. As you're getting to that, 3 John, um, I want to help you understand a little bit about the writer of this letter, is also the writer of the Gospel of John. So it's not the Gospel of John, it's the Gospel of Jesus Christ written by John, who was also a disciple when Jesus walked the earth. And so this letter is being written by John later on as churches are being formed and as missionaries are being sent out. And he is um, trying to ensure a warm welcome from the churches to missionaries who travel around preaching the gospel and to offer them hospitality and to send them off in a manner worthy of God. So listen to these verses, um, verses 5 to 8. Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers and sisters, even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church about your love. Please send them on their way in a manner that honors God. It was for the sake of the name that they went out receiving no help from the pagans, or we could say Gentiles, or we could just say unbelievers. We ought therefore to show hospitality to such people so that we may work together for the truth. May God bless us as we look deeper into his word about missionaries and sending missionaries out. So our first point is God's goal is a missionary goal because God is a missionary God. So let me build on this a little bit. If you go back to the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 1, right, in the beginning was God, The God, a missionary God. Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 to 28 he created them male and female. He created man and woman to fill the earth as his image bearers. Have you ever thought about that? He created them to fill the earth as his image bearers all around the world because God had a missionary mindset if we could say God has a mindset like we do to reach the entire world with his image verse 27 of first or Genesis 1 says so God created mankind in his own image in the image of God he created them male and female he created them then in Isaiah, I'm going to use a lot of scriptures here, so if you want to just write these down and look them up later, you can do that. But Isaiah chapter 43, verses 6 and 7, we see that God created us for his glory. Not to gain more glory for himself, because God has all glory. But to invite people from every tribe tribe, and every tongue and nation into the enjoyment of His glory. A missionary goal. It says in verse 6 and 7, I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, Whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. God is perfectly glorious. And he is also self-sufficient in his fellowship within the Trinity. He's revealed himself to us in a, a manner of fellowship, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So God had no need really for people to praise him. But he has a profound desire to share his glory and his joy with a redeemed people. Thank you, Jesus, right? God's desire to bless all the nations to, praise, to the praise of his glory is like a golden missionary thread weaving its way throughout the scriptures and all of history for redemption through Jesus Christ himself. He's the one that made his identification with sinful humanity to the point of his substitutionary death upon the cross for each one of us to become the perfect manifestation of the missionary heart of God. God's goal is a missionary goal because our God is a missionary God let's look at god's missionary goal in that it, it is it is that his name be known and praised you'll see this a lot in scripture that's about his name to be made known and praised in romans chapter 9 verse 17 scripture says that god's missionary goal in redeeming israel from the pharaoh was that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So again, if we go back to Isaiah chapter 6, verse 19, God promised that he would send missionary messengers to the distant islands that have not heard of my fame or seen my glory. They will proclaim my glory among the nation. God's name will be made known and praised. It's a central command for world missions in Isaiah chapter 12, verse 4. Isaiah 12, 4. In that day you will say, give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations that he has, what he has done, and proclaim that his name is exalted. It is this same central missionary thread weaving its way through the scriptures and the history of redemption that Jesus shares with the church in Matthew chapter 8, from which our mission statement comes from. Listen to it again. Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Go! Go! Meet people where they are. Make disciples. How do we do that? By showing them Jesus. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. We celebrate their commitment when they make a commitment to Jesus Christ as their Savior. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Growing together towards spiritual maturity. And surely, Jesus said, I am with you always to the very end of the age. The Apostle Paul said that his ministry as a missionary was to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of Christ's name among all the nations. The Apostle John, who wrote Third John, in verse 7, he says, to have set out for the sake of the name. That's what the missionaries are doing. James, the brother of Jesus, said in Acts chapter 15, verse 14, he described missions as God visiting the nations to take out of them a people for his name. And Jesus described missionaries as those, this is in Matthew 19 Verse 29, as those who leave houses, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or children, or lands, for my name's sake. God's missionary goal is that his name be made known and praised. Missionary goals include both domestic and foreign. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8. We'll see that missions starts locally in our own backyard and then domestically and out to our communities and out in our country and then to the frontier, to the ends of the earth. Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, home and in all Judea and Samaria, wherever I might send you within your domestic area, and to the ends of the earth, the frontier. This conviction addresses three distinct missionary goals that develop in a mission-driven church. The first one is that all believers have a responsibility to live a missional life. missional living what are we doing about sharing the name with those that are in our own backyard the second would be those that have a passion for to be a missionary even out beyond our own backyard but to our desperately needing needy culture for us in the United States it would be other Americans Domestic. And the third is, are the radical advocates of missionaries taking the gospel to places where there is no access at all to any source of ministry or churches. The frontier to the very ends of the earth. So let's look a little closer at domestic missionaries. I mean all the ministries that we should be doing among the people in our own culture so there's a lot of examples for missional living we should be evangelizing and doing dis- discipleship helping people to know who Jesus is showing the love of Jesus by addressing basic needs are we taking care of poverty and medical care employment and hunger showing that Jesus cares when people even when people makes make poor choices Abortion, crisis pregnancy, runaways, pornography, family disintegration, child abuse, divorce, drug abuse, and alcoholism. We need to love those people and show them that Jesus loves them too. And showing God's mercy and comfort when dealing with environmental concerns and terrorism, prisoners, moral abuses, and even politics. This is our call to missional living, to be involved as Christians in the world with which we live. Domestic missionaries would kind of be the next step, kind of like Pamela and I. We really don't have a home to go back to, We are following God's leading and God's calling. Where does he want us to go next? After Living Hope Missionary Church gets their next full-time pastor, God will lead us to the next place in a domestic type of environment. We don't feel that God is calling us to go to some foreign country with a language we don't even know. Doesn't mean God won't do it. (laughs) But we haven't felt that. We've felt that God has really called us, to churches that need transition help from one pastor to the next within the domestic area that we live, the United States or Canada um, or other English-speaking areas. And then the third type of missionaries are the sending of the frontier missionaries. They are the ones that that make an effort for the church to penetrate an unreached people group with the gospel, establishing an ongoing indigenous ministry where perhaps churches don't exist, but a church can start. I believe there is a crucial training ground right here in our own domestic world for the frontier missions, right right here in the home front, by engaging our domestic missions, by living a missional life, And by domestically sent. Another example for Living Hope Missionary Church could be um, the example of Maddie, Maddie Moore being sent. We're going to look a little bit more at that in just a second. Um, But to further understand this difference between domestic and frontier missions, let's look at Timothy from the New Testament and Paul from the New Testament. So a Timothy-type missionary would be a hometown-type missionary or a domestic-type missionary. He grew up in his hometown, Lystra, and he became a church worker, a Timothy-type missionary, in different domestic places. He was sent to Ephesus. 1 Timothy 1.3 tells us that. And the church already existed, the church already had some elders, and they already had some outreach. So this is the model of a Timothy-type missionary doing mission work in our own domestic backyard or even going a distance away to do Christian work so it may be outside of your hometown. But the church is already fairly established. This is a biblical precedent for missionaries. So let's look at Living Hopes uh, example of Maddie Moore. She was called by Youth for Christ to be a director at Bluffton to share the love of Jesus with with high schoolers there in Bluffton. And we participated in sending her there to be a missionary a domestic missionary in Bluffton. And we're going to learn more about her missions next week. And I'm really excited about that because um, just hearing what happens, we've lived a year, we've only sent her there a year, and she's bringing some examples to share where people have testimonies about what Jesus is doing. And it just sounds exciting to me. Now, the Apostle Paul is a different kind of missionary. The Apostle Paul, he was just going all the time. Going to the frontier, where can Jesus' name be shared that hasn't been shared yet? He had a passion for that, to to get out to the unreached people in the world. Paul said that he made it his ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named. He said that in Romans 15, verse 20. One of the most stunning things Paul ever said is in Romans 15. Verses 19 and 23, listen to this. He said, By the power of signs and wonders, through the power of the Spirit of God, so from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. Now that's a great area. And he said he had fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. But now that there is no more place for me to work in these regions... So he's looking out for where else can he go. Do you see the implications that Paul is describing? There is no room for work between Jerusalem and northern Greece. Is that what he's saying? What he's saying is, my work there is done. In spite of all those unbelievers that remain, I have proclaimed the name of Jesus there. Churches have started And now I'm moving on to the next frontier. He was preparing to move on to Spain. How could he say that his work was done? The answer is not that the frontier missionary reaches every single person, but they go cross-culturally and they, they share the name of Jesus in places where people haven't been reached yet, where there is no church to evangelize its own people. But then churches get started, and people that accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior start living missionally, and they start sharing domestically. Even today, there are thousands of people groups that have no access to a gospel-preaching church in their own culture. Many of the groups include Muslims, Hindu. Buddhist, and still some tribal peoples. So what's Living Hope's example of a Paul-type frontier missionary? I can think from the last year, just since I've been here, I would say Steve and Danae Morell are our examples. They are reaching beyond domestic to foreign tribal locations. And I believe Max can share more about the Paul-type missionaries. Therefore our prayer as Living Hope Missionary Church is that we be put or that we put a very high priority on raising up and sending both types of missionaries Timothy type and Paul type which brings me to our to the last point before Max comes up and that is that we Living Hope Missionary Church of Dunfee has the awesome privilege to send out missionaries in a manner worthy of God. That's what I've been impressed with since I've been here, that this church does a great job with that. Before we can send them, we must grow them, or we need to identify them within God's universal church. God is calling us to help send. According to 3 John, verses 7 7 and 8, there is a biblical mandate that we ought to support missionaries a certain kind of missionary, one who has gone out for the sake of the name. Verse 7, it was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans, the Gentiles, the unbelievers. We ought therefore to show hospitality to such people so that we may work together For the truth, to send in a manner worthy of God is to recognize the supreme importance of proclaiming the name of God in word and in deed among those who do not know Jesus. In our own backyards and even in all the nations, we should be doing whatever we can to support those who go out for the sake of the name. Spiritually, practically, emotionally, and financially. So please consider this morning how God is nudging you to support these missionaries that are going out for the sake of the name. Max, I'm going to turn the floor over to you to share. (laughs) Yeah. Max asked me how long he had, and I said, you get the rest of the time. We'll see where I end. <laughs> should, should be.
1: There we go. Um, you need to understand one thing, the way this sanctuary is laid out. There's a clock in the back here that we're supposed to keep an eye on. But with the beautiful windows that we've put on back here and a sunny day like today, there's so much glare that I can't see that clock. So... Um, <laughs> We're going we're to go from there. That's not true. <laughs> it is for me. I can't make out the hands on that clock whatsoever. Um, director of missions is a new position that we created this past fall, and you guys elected me. Um, I'm, I'm not really sure why, other than that I've been around the missionary church for a long, long time now. I don't feel like I'm qualified to do what I think needs to be done in this job. So, um I've asked Doug and Jan to join with me as a missions committee and we've we've met together and we've got some ideas that we're going to start heading down some paths and so on. My first goal is just to make this congregation aware. And boy, did he pack a lot of stuff into a short time this morning. Um, to be aware of the history of what this church has done and where we want to go from there. The denomination that we're in, um, you know, last fall when we started talking about changing the name of the church, one of the things that we kind of unanimously insisted on was that we were going to keep the name Missionary Church in the name of the church because that's what we are. Not only are we part of the missionary church denomination, which thrills me, I think it's a a great denomination, It's, it's great for us to be part of an organization like the missionary church denomination, and we'll talk a little bit about that here in a little bit, but this church is a missionary church, just as Pastor just described. We are a people who need to be going out domestically, foreignly. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But that's where we're at organi- organizationally. We've got a, a missions committee now. And we want to be presenting information to you at least on a monthly basis. You know, we're going to establish a missions corner, if you will, in the newsletter. And to, to at least on a monthly basis, bring new missionaries to the forefront that you can get to know. And we'll, we'll talk here in a second about why we want to do that. Uh, okay, the missionary church denomination has a, an arm of the denomination that's called World Partners. I, I was thinking about this this week of what all where all I wanted to go with with where we're going. I thought, well, we need to start at the very beginning because I'm not sure that everybody in the in the church understands exactly the organization of the denomination. World Partners is the missionary arm of the missionary church. The organization World Partners controls and takes care of all of the foreign and domestic missionaries that are sponsored by the missionary church. So when we talk about a World Partners missionary, it's a missionary that is um, paid and under the organization of World Partners, which is part of the missionary church organization. One of the things that absolutely thrills me is that one of the three directors of World Partners is a young lady that I've known since she was learning to walk um, and to watch her mature and get into the position that she's at. I've met with Tammy twice already this year since uh, I was elected to this position and believe me, World Partners is thrilled to work with this church to whatever extent we want uh she gave me a whole packet of information like this to get started with including a a list of all of the missionaries that we have in the field and the schedule of when they're going to be in the states so we can start scheduling missionary speakers into the church we'll we'll know who's there and who's who's available and at what time so uh let's go on um Missionary support. In the past, this church and most missionary churches chose a number of missionaries that the church supported, um, gave money to their support. It was interesting. If you remember, two year, almost two years ago now, we were planning on a short-term missions trip to Taiwan. And there were, I think, seven of us from this church that were planning on going on that mission. Well, with the world situation and the coronavirus and everything that set in, that got canceled. Traveling overseas wasn't wise, and so that, that got canceled. But we want to do that. When that's still in our mind to do. Um, world partners worked well with us on that. But I told everybody that was going, was planning on going, we didn't go, but was planning on going, that we had to raise our own support. We had to go out. We had to send letters out. We had to go out and talk to our friends, family, so on, and get them to donate to help support the expense of us going. And I remember one of the people said, you know, I'm just not comfortable doing that. I said, you just passed Missions 101. You had your first lesson in missions. Because we ask every one of our missionaries to do exactly that. They have to raise donations of their entire support. The missionary church denomination, out of denominational funds, doesn't pay any of our missionaries. The missionaries have to contact you and me and the church to donate for their support. Their entire support comes from donations that are are given them. That being said, many most missionary churches and this church in the past had missionaries that we supported out of the funds of the church. People would give to the missionary fund in the church and we would support individual missionaries out of that fund. A few years ago, we decided that, that probably isn't the best way to do it. Um, the better way to do it is to bring missionaries in, make the people in the church aware of missionaries so that you can support the missionaries. And that's kind of where we've gone. We've, we've cut way back in the missionary support directly from the funds of the church and have encouraged you to do it. I think Linda and I have got, what, four missionaries that we support as, as well, individually individually. We want to encourage that, and that's part of the reason of bringing missionaries in, so that we get to know, you know. We get monthly newsletters, and we email back and forth to the missionaries that we support. We get to know them much better than if the church just sent some money. That's part of our goal, is to get you aware of what missionaries you can support. Okay, I'm, I'm going to keep going here. Um, that applies to both foreign and domestic. The, uh, the World Partners has some domestic missionaries as well, not just overseas. Um, Steve and Sheila Harrigan, we've already been in contact with, with Steve, works with locally with the um, Burmese population in Fort Wayne. Well, there's work that can be done there. So we've already contacted Steve. Uh, Doug and I have both known Steve for many years and some things like that. But those are World Partners missionaries that are headquartered in Fort Wayne. Okay? So there's opportunity there. So when we talk about the missionary support, there's only two missionaries that the church directly, that this church directly supports. And that's Nat and Donna Brown, who most of you know. And um, come on. Where'd I go? There we go. i got them written down here. Yeah, Spence's. Um, Jeff and Shauna Spence. The reason we kept both of these were that they have direct relationships with this church. Uh, Nat and Donna, almost 50 years ago now, were youth pastors in this church when Nat was in school. You know, this church has had a long, long relationship with Nat and Donna. So we've kept them as missionaries that the church supports directly, which you're also more than welcome to support personally as well. And then Jeff and Shauna, of course, Jeff's father was pastor of this church for a few years, and so we had a direct connection with Jeff and Shauna, so we kept them as missionaries that the church supports. And those are the only two foreign missionaries that the church supports directly of World Partners Missions. Oh, let's keep going. Oh, Nat and Donna. Nat is the head of Latino countries in the world partners, in in the world. So he's in charge of all of the world partners' missionary work that's done in Central and South America. How would you like to have a region like that that you're in charge of? Central and South America. Uh, Spence's, on the other hand, are living in Taiwan, and Jeff is in charge of all of the missionary work, World Partners missionary work that is done in Asia. Another fairly good-sized area of responsibility. Those two are on the road all the time. So uh, those are the two that we support directly. If you, we want to talk a little bit about missions and how it's changed. If, if you remember last, last time Nat was here, him and I sat at a table downstairs and allowed you to eavesdrop on our conversation. And we were talking about how missions has changed over the last 50 years. Because, unfortunately, both him and I can remember that far back. Um, You know, 50 years ago, missions were exactly what you described when we were talking about foreign missions. You know, going out and finding new people's groups that have never heard before. And that's kind of what we think of as foreign missions. That's not predominantly the way it's done anymore. Anymore, we have missionaries that are going out and working with the local population, establishing churches, usually in a medium-sized city, but establishing churches, and then those churches are sending out local people to start new churches and reach new groups. So the whole concept, we find that it's much more effective than taking an English-speaking person from North America that knows nothing about the community and trying to find new people's groups and and establish them. We find it's much easier to have local people who already know the area, already know those types of people, let them make the contacts with them. They're much more accepted by these people people that we're trying to reach. So missions has kind of changed a bit. Um, you remember Lisa Kay was here oh, a few years ago in Indonesia. And her ministry, uh, this just amazes me. I've talked to her many times about it, but Her ministry is in a cemetery. The Indonesian homeless people don't find themselves on the streets in the city because the government doesn't allow it. So these large cemeteries, at least the one that Lisa's working in, the homeless people are camping out in cemeteries. We wouldn't think of such a thing. And Lisa has a wonderful ministry of reaching these homeless people because her ministry is in a cemetery. We wouldn't have thought of that 30, 40 years ago, but reaching people where they are, amazing. These are the kind of people that we want to get to know, we want to get involved with. Um, I met Lisa again at the, World Part- or at, at the Missionary Church National Conference a couple of years ago, and her young gal that helps her, the Indonesian gal that helps her, was coming in. Uh, she'd not been in the States before. And I I told Lisa when she got here, I I met her friend, and I said, it's too bad you weren't here yesterday because Linda was here for the banquet last night, and she really wanted to meet you. You'd find out that that Linda's a a lot nicer than I am. It's too bad you didn't meet her. And Lisa made the comment, she says, you know, Max, almost everybody I know is nicer than you are. Um, But we've gotten to know each other, and we understand some of the things that are going on in their ministry and so on. That's part of our goal. Um, let's see. World Partners Missionaries, we've talked a little bit. Oh, part of the things that we want to get involved with is not only supporting foreign missions. And that's part of it. We want to do that. But I, I want to find ways that I can help you and me get involved in things that are going on locally or in this country at least Tammy was telling me in, in our last meeting we, I've I've she knows me well enough that when we meet we meet for breakfast and she has much more of my attention when I'm eating but um she was telling me about a group that is not part of World Partners but the guy that's running it is a uh, young guy that I've known again for a long, long time. said he's established a group, not part of World Partners, that organizes response to catastrophes in the United States. Tornadoes, hurricanes, you know, these types of things. And maybe Living Hope Missionary Church can't put together 25 people to go on a work tour to help clean up after a hurricane. But because we could get in with Marty's group, and he's already got 20 people going, we could easily get five people to go with them if we tie in with them. And these are some of the things that we're trying as a missions committee to work together to bring about. Oh, uh, let's see. Why do we have missionaries come in to speak? That's part of our goal. Why do we want to do that? so that you and I can get to know them personally. These are people. You know, they have times when they're depressed. They have times when things are going so well they just want to tell us about it. We need to get to know them well enough that we can have those communications. We can be part of their ministry, not only in throwing money at it, but be part of their ministry because we get involved with their lives. That's why we're heading in this direction. Um, I can't see that clock, so it doesn't make any difference. Fifth Sunday. Did you realize that there are four times a year when a month has five Sundays? Now, we've explained this before, but I wanted to hit it just a little bit. Years ago, this church established the idea that because we budget our income and expenses over four Sundays giving every month, the fifth Sunday is kind of a bonus. It's extra money that we don't really have in the budget, if you will. So we've decided, and this is before my time on the the board here, but we've decided that half of the fifth Sunday offerings every fifth Sunday is going to go to some local mission. You know, I'm not going to go into what we've done. You know, we, We've done uh, you know, a number of local missions, and we're continuing to do that. But we want to start getting involved with these, these people that we're giving money to from this fifth Sunday offering. Wouldn't it be nice to have them come in and give us a 10-minute report on what they're doing with that money and how that money is being used? And so, so we're heading in that direction as well. Getting involved not only, again, with throwing money at, th- local missions, but getting involved with the individuals and what these missions are doing. So, yeah, we're a missionary church, and we think of a missionary church as, you know, foreign missions out there talking to, to native peoples that we don't know, and that's a little bit of it, but it goes way, way, way beyond that. And that's kind of the direction that we're heading in the next year.